Happy ending, nice and tidy. It's a rule I learned in school. Get your money every Friday. Happy endings are the rule. So divide up. In darkness, from the ones who walk in light. Light 'em up, boys. There's your picture. Drop the shadows out of sight. This is. Jennifer Stone with Stone's Throw. The first thing I want to do today, I, I well, I want to ask Frank Sterling. Uh, well, I want to ask him what he thinks about this uh, Democratic congressman. What's his name? Uh, Weiner, Anthony Weiner, the guy who puts his picture on the net for the delight of women. I just thought, uh, you think about it, Frank. I got a, I need a, a, a gentleman's opinion. Uh, what would what, what would inspire a guy to do something like that? Well, what, <laughs> what do you think his deepest, darkest impulse is? I mean, you know, would, would you hang your picture, uh, you know, on somebody's window or locker or, you know? Why would you do a thing like that, Frank? Um, I probably wouldn't do that. Yeah, you wouldn't? I put up some pictures on the Internet just of stuff around the station and maybe some events that we go to. But I don't know about what I saw just from TV. I haven't looked on the Internet to see what else he put out there. But uh, Oh, Frank's a gentleman. You might careful. know. Be careful. You might know. You might know he's a gentleman. Yes. Uh, Veronica, she's one of our uh, new people here on the staff. Uh, Veronica Faison. She says that Frank Sterling is righteous, and I'm afraid he is. He just doesn't know about all these dark, <laughs> dark things that guys do. Never mind. The hell of it. Uh, there are no jokes left. Uh, yeah, sex scandals. Last week, I was trying to compare our modern sex scandals with the old sex scandals, and of course, they're all exactly the same. Yes, history never, well, history never repeats itself, but the people always do. Same old, same old. I got a couple of uh, phone calls, a couple uh, little feedback from people when I got home, and um, I just thought, if there are any of you who are still interested in the subject, I wanted to refer you to an article by Annette Gordon-Reed. She's the authority on Sally Hemings. That's what I was talking about last week. Sally Hemings and Thomas Jefferson, the mother and father of our country. And all the stuff, you know, Sally was 15, Thomas Jefferson was 45. Oh, my God. The article actually is about um, Harriet Beecher Stowe, the author of Uncle Tom's Cabin. Annette Gordon-Reed has written up some of this good stuff in an article called The Persuader in the book section of the current New Yorker, February, uh, no, 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 June 13th. It's the issue that's currently on the stands, The Persuader. It's all about Harriet Beecher Stowe and how she started the Civil War, <laughs> but it has some spins on uh, how things were back when. Uh, 
I, I, I don't know. I just wish there was something to be said about it, something that hasn't been said. Uh, actually, uh, every week at this time, I have this half hour in which I personally, I try to find the thing that has not been said. On sex scandals, <laughs> absolutely no new news. But I like that that idea. That's what uh, Anna Devere Smith says. She says that's what she's after in her work, you know, to find the thing that has not been said. That's always the thing that screams the loudest. Yes. Somebody somewhere knows, yes, what we're not talking about. Uh, Anna DeVere Smith is over at the Berkeley Rep till early in July. She's got a one-woman show titled Let Me Down Easy. Now, this woman is a national treasure, unique performer. Some, somebody... Reminded me the other day that that she's an African American. I don't have any idea. She appears to be um, uh, a multi race individual. Anyway, she does these solo works. Uh, I think they get to the marrow of the bone, the soul of things. Too yes. Okay, you know most of us always mouth the cliches about our efforts to hold up the mirror to nature. Uh, I don't think that's really the object. I think we're trying to, what is the word? Trying to communicate something. Uh, I think, I remember an acting teacher I had once, she said, uh, people look, but they do not see. No, she said, seeing is what it's all about. Uh, now, Anna DeVere Smith was on KPFA last Thursday with Richard Walensky. Uh, what I liked best was her direct approach. She talks about performance art. Uh, you know, she talks about it the way most of us talk about how to clean house in a hurry. Uh, performance art is what people talk about these days. Back in the 50s when I was a drama major, we had this course called Oral Interpretation of Literature. Boy, does that sound grim. Anyway, very old hat. Oral interpretation of literature. Yes, we read the poets and the, uh, you know, uh, we even read, read Homer and all kind of stuff. Anna DeVere Smith, she speaks of the ways she was guided to speak the speech. I pray you as I pronounce it to you. Tripingly on the tongue, Shakespeare is as native to her as street talk. Uh, her characterizations range from arcane to zany. She had a solo show about the riots in Bensonhurst. That's uh, heartbreaking, the contrasts, you know. She, she does the easy stuff, rich and poor, male and female, cruel and compassionate. But more than that, she breaks all the stereotypes. She gives the audience... People who are unique, you know, real, uh, out of the box. People that she's traveled far and wide to find, to develop into these stage-worthy characters. Uh, she says some are a synthesis of many individuals, some are kind of an abstract. The show at the Berkeley Rep is about, or deals with, 
life and death, which is to say about us, humanity, mankind. I still like the word mankind. I, I don't know. Uh, got to stop using it, though. Humanity, to get to the universal truth, you know, the big stuff, the truth and beauty stuff. She goes deep into the specifics, the soul, the manners of each one of us. You know, theater is this great mystery. We're always talking about uh, what it can do that the page-written stuff cannot do. There's the stage and the page. And then, you know, we say that poetry and novels can go deep, but uh, actually theater is uh, it's got the living body, flesh up there. Uh, I don't know. Television is all uh, caricature ghosts. The secret, of course, is the words, the language. Uh, Anna Devere Smith always disciplines herself, she says, to speak the speech, to say it over and over and over, recite the stuff aloud. I used to do that. I had mantras still. If you say it over and over long enough, somehow or another, ah, it gets through to you. Salinger used to call it perpetual prayer. Prayer is a word that uh, irritates some people, but that's how it's done. Uh, it's not a very popular technique in the theater. English actors do that a bit. Uh, the film The King's Speech with Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush tries to give a glimpse of the ways in which speech uh, is a technique for delivering, for, what is that, uh, uh not just language, but for expressing thought and emotion. Uh, body language is all the rage just at the moment. Uh, spoken word, spoken word, they use that phrase instead of poetry. Uh, it's all body language, the voice. Yes, watch anyone speaking. The voice, the instrument, uh, sings for the soul interprets thought uh actors always talk about their line readings that means the spin the twist the nuance in the way they deliver a line uh anna devere smith puts together the whole package uh i think well she transmutes reality uh i call her work expressionism if that word still meant anything I think for her, the word is portraiture, portraiture. The same way Gertrude Stein wrote portraits in poetry and prose. Right, she put them on the page, Picasso on the page. Would he like it? Would Napoleon? Would he like it? Would Napoleon? Yes, little Napoleon he was. Anyway, Anna Devere Smith plays a character in the cable television show Nurse Jackie. She plays a hospital administrator in the early episodes. The role was written as um, oh, kind of a satiric, a generic, actually, spin on bureaucrats in general. Everyone recognized the, uh, the stereotype, but very soon the role evolved and it focused on on her. She was a Mrs. Acolytus, a name that sounds like a disease, as one of the wags in the emergency room puts it. Mm. 
broad jokes. They had her knocking herself out with a taser. She's locked in an elevator in one scene while the staff gets into mischief. They don't answer her pager. You know, they just leave her in the elevator in her monologue while she's in there. Lying on the floor, pulling threads out of her skirt. Anyway, she's isolated in there. It was the first indication that the writers knew that she was not just an ordinary, ordinary character. They, they started to spin more material. Uh, anyway, uh, most of the show, of course, is comedy. It has to be because the subject is our horrendous health care system. Uh, you know, it's a scene in emergency rooms and, of course... In today's 9-11 world, the world is an ER. Uh, anyway, uh, one of the bits in Nurse Jackie is Mrs. Acolytus is trying to be uh, Michelle Obama. She always talks about her admiration for Michelle Obama. And <laughs> she has all these uh, campaigns, you know, uh, Michelle Obama's uh, war against uh, teenaged or adolescent obesity. This is one of her uh, favorite issues. I thought of that. Uh, Michelle Obama is over in San Francisco today. She was in Berkeley this morning, I think. Uh, it's a fundraiser, actually. But uh, I heard one of our own um, one of our own programmers from. Well, she was a programmer in the past. I hope we'll see her again. Muriel Merch, right. She was asked by a, a wag there what she thought of uh, Mrs. Obama. Interesting. I would like to get over and see her, but I, I think maybe uh, maybe just the knowledge that she's out there is enough. Uh, anyway, the show at the Berkeley Rep called Let Me Down Easy is Anna DeVere Smith's uh, current current shtick I was looking here to see the dates It's um, it lasts into July but only till about I think the 6th I'm not sure but call Berkeley Rep if you want to get tickets because she will only be here about another month uh, if you can find any of her past work it's out on DVDs I'm sure I saw some of her movies films over in San Francisco oh gosh several years ago uh, Nurse Jackie is, I don't know if that's out on DVD yet, it's on Monday nights on Showtime Cable Network. Uh, ah, the lead, leading role in Nurse Jackie is played by Edie Falco. <laughs> I remember Edie Falco's writers some years ago uh, when she was a top draw as a mafia wife, the wife of Tony Soprano in that series The Sopranos. She had a wonderful scene in which she talked about the president's wife. At that time, it was Hillary Clinton. And she and the other mafia wives sat around a table talking about how they felt about Hillary, the president's wife. They commented that, of course, she had had to put up with a great deal and that her husband uh, had uh, made a mess of things, but that she, Hillary, had, um, you know grabbed the ball and ran with it and uh, made uh, made an omelet, you know, the sort of thing. Uh, and they seem to approve. Yes. <laughs> I love it when the writers try to put their 
political opinions into this script. They get it in there one way or the other. A neat trick. My favorite years ago was, was it the writers on the Bill Cosby show? They wanted an anti-apartheid poster and they wanted to put it in Bill Cosby's son's bedroom. Can you imagine? It was a long struggle fight to finally get this uh, anti-apartheid poster up in the kid's bedroom. Uh, Anyway, uh, Nurse Jackie, played by Edie Falco, uh, is a terrific, I guess, well, new age woman, feminist fist in the air. However, they give her a terrible uh, flaw. She's a, well, an addict. She struggles with painkillers. She's dependent on them to the point of recklessness. You know, oh, they use the familiar plot lines, an affair problem with her 11-year-old daughter who wants to be put on medication too, like mother, like daughter, you know. Remember when we wore matching dresses? I didn't, but mother-daughter, yes. Anyway, that's only the scaffolding of that show. The characters are the meat on the table. It is the only sitcom worth your time. It's on television right now. Uh, You can sink your teeth into these characters. Uh, There's a British doctor who uses irony to protect her vulnerability. It's played by Eve Best. She played, um, she played, it's funny because she is a Brit. She plays the American Wallace Simpson in um, the Colin Firth and Jeffrey Rush uh, film, The King's Speech. She only has a couple of little scenes, but she's a terrific Wallace Simpson. Uh, anyway, uh, her her role as the British doctor is developing nicely she you know she's vulnerable but she has to play tough i remember working for a woman uh, a doctor uh, a pediatrician back in the 1950s 1957 and i remember i had a little difficulty i expected her to act like uh, my father and his friends that is to be uh, overbearing and pompous and she was so low-key. Uh, she did not dramatize things. And uh, uh, I couldn't understand it. Uh, she was so quiet. Anyway, uh, she taught me a lot. Anyway, this season, uh, Nurse Jackie, that is Edie Falco, seems to have developed a heightened tragic sense. And I think... Well, the script seems to be putting it down to her efforts to kick the painkillers. She's always, you know, shaky from uh, withdrawal. But I put it down to her role on Broadway. She's currently in The House of Blue Leaves, a Sunday night. She was in the audience, Edie Falco, at the Tonys, the American Theater Wing's 65th Annual Awards. She was nominated for her role uh, in the House of Blue Leaves. Uh, let's see. She did win an Emmy for Nurse Jackie. Uh, <laughs> she got she got up to get her Emmy, and she kept saying about the show about Nurse Jackie, it's not funny. She didn't want to be classified as a, she didn't want to classify it as a comedy. Of course, it's the only way you could sell it. You know, she has a new look. 
there in the audience. She's done something with her uh, her look. She looks, uh, oh, well, she looks like a grand dame now. It's been a long time coming for her. I've seen her in so many things in small parts, and now she's a major player. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I guess she has this short cropped hair in Nurse Jackie and the Broadway show requires long stringy hair. She's a mad woman. And uh, so I guess she's into wigs. Anyway, uh, <laughs> The House of Blue Leaves is a terrific, well, it's an old play. I can remember seeing it years ago, but it's set even further back. It's set in 1965. You can find reviews uh, in the New Yorker. Let's see. May 9th, New Yorker has reviews of the House of Blue Leaves. And uh, it's all about the way people cannibalize each other. The reviewer says the ways in which they devour each other. Uh, Hell is other people. You know the bit. Um, These particular people live in... Queens. I don't know what a House of Blue Leaves is doing in Sunnyside in Queens, but anyway, their neighbors are plotting to blow up the Pope when he passes by on his visit <laughs> to their neighborhood. The plan is motivated mostly by their own emptiness and non-entity, you know. This desire to be in the news gets many celebrities blown away. I guess even in 1965, that pathology was was uh, creeping up. Maybe it's always that pathology, uh, you know, for people to say, I'm here too, uh, pay attention to me. That's why he put the pictures on the net. That's why Wiener is such a fool. Uh, mommy, look, that's what it is. Look, Mommy, I can do this. Anyway, the Tony Awards this year were actually rather entertaining. Uh, I was doing other things, but I found myself definitely stopping and looking. Uh, Whoopi Goldberg's hat was a knockout. <laughs> the opening number was fantastic. Um, uh, world-class uh, musical number. Uh, it's all about you don't have to be gay or a Jew to go to the theater, that sort of thing. Ellen Barkin won a Tony this year. She has a terrific role in uh, the AIDS play, uh, The Normal Heart. Uh, let's see. Before I leave, wait a minute, before I leave uh, Edie Falco, I wanted to tell you a little bit more. Yeah, in case you get a chance, I don't know. This, this play's got to be put on film because... Uh, Yes, Edie Falco plays what the uh, reviewer in the New Yorker calls a savage. The soul-murdered Bananas Shaughnessy. That's it. I wanted to tell you the name. Character named Bananas Shaughnessy has got to be the peak of anybody's career. Uh, He writes, pale, dazed, unkempt, blonde hair hanging to shoulders, Falco's Bananas haunts her husband, Artie, as both an indictment and a destiny. She's terrified and a terrifying presence. She's down on her haunches playing at being a dog. She tells Artie, I like being animals, you know why? I never heard of a famous animal. Oh, a couple of lassies. An occasional trigger, but by and large, animals aren't meant to be famous. This this grates. (laughs) Well, 
Anyway, uh, uh, there's a terrific scene in which Artie shoves tranquilizers into her mouth and she says, I'm a peaceful forest, but I can feel all the animals have gone back into hiding and now I'm very quiet. Once, just once, let me have an emotion. Let the animals come out. Uh, he goes on to say the playwright's comic world is a kind of human zoo. A human zoo, indeed. Uh, what is it? What is it, she says at the end. Uh, something unbelievable. Uh-huh. Very strange stuff. Uh, I gotta get my hands on that script. I'm sure it's available somewhere. In the old days, we had a magazine called Theater Art, and every month we get a copy of a new Broadway play. Now, what happened to magazines like that? Uh, what a shame. I think a dramatic literature doesn't excite people so much anymore. Uh, they don't want the scripts of the plays. Uh, I did see something you can get. For two bucks, you can get something on Amazon. I've forgotten which it was. I think, could it possibly have been the script for um, the show about the Mormons? Now I've forgotten, but there was one available on Amazon. I will um, get in touch with them and ask them how many scripts they have available to download. Anyway, back to Ellen Barkin. She looked very enthusiastic. She's been around, another one she's been around for years and done so much good work. And she says that her work in The Normal Heart on Broadway is the peak of her career. Uh, that one's, uh, that's the AIDS play dating from 1985. It was written back in 82, 83, 84, right? It, yeah, the first, first time it, I forget how many times it's been redone, and uh, I would have thought it would be dated. The reviewers say no. There's a, a director, dear Joel Gray. You remember Cabaret. He directed this show. He looked saintly there in the audience, dear Joel Gray. Uh, the playwright, that is Larry Kramer. We all know Larry Kramer, head of the uh, first gay movement. He calls it a war play, which it certainly had to be <laughs> when it begins in 1982, at which time only 41 men had died of AIDS. Well, that's, were known to have died. Uh, Larry Kramer estimates that today, in um, 2011, there are 35 million dead and 75 million infected. Those numbers are disputed, but not by very much. Anyway, Ellen Barkin, I wanted to read you her lines because she plays a doctor. That's what she won the Tony for in this show. And uh, the New Yorker uh, quotes her. She's talking to the central character, a uh, guy they call Ned Weeks. He's a stand-in for Larry Kramer, the uh, the guy who's the founder of the HIV advocacy group, you know, Gay Men's Health Crisis. Uh, she's trying to pressure the gay community into abstinence. And she says, I don't consider going to the baths and promiscuous sex making love. I consider it the equivalent of eating junk food and you can lay off it for a while. Now, I remember back in the day, 
When local day advocates insisted that it was a civil rights issue, closing the bathhouses made them furious. I was the one who kept saying that it was a public health issue, you know, like the closing of swimming pools to avoid polio when I was a child. I was not popular. I don't have time to review the musical, The Book of Mormon. I'll save it for next week. It's very, very funny, but uh, the reviewers seem to think it does not go very deep. Yes, uh, I don't care. The pagan public seems to love it. Uh, the creators, uh, during the Tony Awards, they even thanked the founder of the Mormon religion, Joseph Smith. They thanked him for his help with the script. <laughs> anyway... It's called The Book of Mormon. This has been Jennifer Stone. Be back on the air same time next week. Till then, go easy. And if you can't go easy, go as easy as you can. From Africa to Asia to Latin America to your bedroom, the true menace of climate war has begun. Temperatures rise, glaciers melt, droughts intensify, and extreme weather increasingly expresses itself in social breakdown, humanitarian crisis, expanding violence, and such governmental failures as militarism. Christian Parenti, prize-winning author, columnist at The Nation and The New York Times, provides a fully reliable, if startling, overview of what's already here and exactly what's looming in his new book, Tropic of Chaos. At a KPFA benefit on Thursday, July 14th, at the Hillside Club, 2286 Cedar Street in Berkeley, Richard Walensky will host. There's wheelchair access, advanced tickets are $12 at our independent bookstores, or through brownpapertickets.org.